in late January of 2002. I was sitting on the edge of my bed at like three o'clock in the morning and for about a week or so I'd been hearing this AM radio static. It was like and I couldn't figure out where it was coming from and I would get up out of bed because it was keeping me awake and I'd start running all through my house listening to all the appliances, you know, putting my ear up next to my computer. This noise has to be coming from somewhere. And then I hear, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And I knew where the sound was coming from. It was coming from inside of my head. And I know I'm the only one who can hear it. It was an auditory hallucination. And for weeks, nighttime would come, and then this voice would call my name, and I'm hearing the, Elizabeth. Finally, I said, what? And he said, are you reading Crime and Punishment? And I said, yes. And he said, so am I. And then we started talking about that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are people with morals and people who don't have morals and got into this conversation about ethics. I'd had also several visual hallucinations, though not as frequently. My grandmother had died in January. About two weeks after she died, I was walking through my living room and saw into my kitchen that there was a coffin in my kitchen. Um, just yeah, walked towards it and I get just close enough to touch it and it moves and it's my grandma and she turns into my mom and then back into my grandma. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. I didn't tell anybody for a long time that I was hearing this voice. I was terrified to tell him because I felt like this is what going crazy is and I don't I don't want to go crazy. If I tell people that this is what's happening to me then they're immediately going to take me out of my life and put me in an insane asylum. And finally, I did tell my psychiatrist, and he prescribed an antipsychotic medication and said, main thing is don't engage with the voice. Don't talk back. That I was fine to live on my own and that no one was going to lock me up as long as I didn't engage in conversation. So then I worked very hard to not talk to him, and it became a kind of battle. Following that, I had these brutal headaches, and... I was experiencing this sensation where my bones were vibrating. So like on the inside, it was like somebody had struck me with a tuning fork and you just felt this like wah, 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 on the inside of your body. And between that and the headaches, the sort of physical sensations of both of those things were so intolerable that I started banging my head against the wall. And it was really a, an attempt to kill myself. My mom started taking me to see different psychiatrists in the Boston area. and. They each had a different diagnosis. You have bipolar disorder, you have bipolar 2, you have late-onset schizophrenia. And my mom, who's a psychotherapist, she and I have a very close relationship, and it just none of this was making any sense to her. She just was not buying these diagnoses. We went to see a colleague of hers, a psychologist, and we sat down with her and started telling her the story. I'd gone to see a doctor to be treated for ovarian cysts, and they put me on hormone medication. And I had a strange reaction to the hormone medication where I became really depressed. You know, I was sort of weeping before I could even get out of bed. I had no history of mental illness. I had no even history of depression, really. My mom would say, like, I'm sort of a ridiculously optimistic person. I went back to the doctor and he said, well, I think you might want to consider going on antidepressant medication. I took Paxil first, then we switched to Celexa, several different antipsychotic medications at several different times. Lexapro, Risperidol, Zyprexa, Clonopin, Lorazepam. And at the end of that, the psychologist 
she said, "Ah, I don't think that you're crazy. I think that you're toxic. All the medication that you've been prescribed over the last year has actually been poisoning you. My first reaction was, I don't want that to be the answer because now I'm married to this idea that I'm I'm mentally ill. I've spent the last year and a half coming to terms with the fact that I'm insane, losing my job, losing friends, almost losing my life, all because of medication I was taking. I didn't entirely believe that I was going to come off the medication and the symptoms were going to go away. So you come off the medication in very tiny increments. And each time you do, whatever symptoms you've been having get a little bit worse. The auditory hallucinations got worse and worse and worse. I could not not engage with this guy anymore. I was talking to him on a regular basis at night. And he was talking to me about hurting my mom. And one night I was up and it was snowing out and we were having a conversation about how much it would have to snow in order for the snowbank to be big enough for us to bury my mom's body in. Is it deep enough? And I just freaked out, sort of barricaded myself into my bedroom. And the next morning, I told my stepdad and my mom, like, I don't think I can be here anymore. I think it's not safe for you guys. It's not safe for me, for me to be here. And so I was admitted to a psych ward in Boston. It's a locked psych ward, and there are bars on the windows, and I just started screaming, and I felt like my mind was breaking. I felt like, this is the moment. This is it. You are now going to just surrender to these voices inside you, and you're not going to come back. My social worker, she sort of pulled me away from the scene and the chaos and got me into this very quiet room, and she kept saying, Elizabeth, come here. Elizabeth, come back. Elizabeth, Elizabeth. And she sort of coaxed me back out out of my mind, and said, you know, you're, you're going to be fine. Like, you have to keep fighting this, and you're going to be fine. And something switched that afternoon where I realized I have to keep fighting. I have to make a choice. I can't give up now. Like, I'm so close to being off of this medication. It was sort of trying to trust in that. Everything that you're feeling is not from within you. You have to exercise it from your system. Maybe about six or seven days after being discharged, suddenly it was gone. I'm not hearing that. It was just quiet. He hasn't said anything in like eight or nine hours. And I ran inside and I was, Mom, they're gone. They're gone, you know. And and then slowly over the next month, everything started to dissipate. And within about six weeks, most of it was gone. And I still don't know. I mean, things did emerge from inside me that were violent and dark and figuring out How to make sense of that inside of who I know myself to be has been probably the hardest part. That story was produced by Jeremy Richards with production assistance from Anna Sussman and Stephanie Fu. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.